0: OK, so be a blessing to you all, and welcome back to another open air video. I'm still on the search for a new open air pulpit, but uh, take a look at the view behind me. In fact, I just jumped out a camera shot, because I think it's quite remarkable. There's a very strong glare coming through at the moment. But uh, as far as I know, I've never filmed here before and I'll just pan the camera to the right I should say it's incredibly windy at the moment so I'm not sure how good this will come out but uh, you know me, if I start a project I like to try and finish it and uh, if this location is no good if it's not suitable, I shan't return as you can see it's very green And uh, somewhat bleak for late January, but that's okay. It's good to try and find new locations to make my videos from. I'll just spin back to where I was standing. And see how this uh, new potential location works for me or not. I should also say, I'm on more firmer ground. It's always a problem when you do open-air videos, you're never sure how the ground is going to be for you, but uh, every blessing to you all. And as I say, welcome back to an open-air video. We've been very busy over the last few weeks, and I made some comments during the New Year's Day video that for 2016, we want to try and expand our tract, Bible, and DVD outreach, we're very blessed to be able to distribute about 70,000 tracks from 2015 up from 50,000 in 2014 and we had a good outreach in London about two weeks ago now and the flying visits and our goal for 2016 is to try and visit the four capitals of the UK like I say we were able to go to London about two weeks ago flying visits and Lord willing our next visits to the UK will be to Wales hopefully Cardiff Lord willing and then after Cardiff we hope to go to Belfast and then after Belfast Glasgow or Edinburgh not sure yet which part of Scotland so we have many goals to try and achieve this year I love that verse he that winneth souls is wise I believe if we are saved if we are physically able to walk talk and communicate with people about the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what we must do. So please keep us in prayer as we make plans to reach Cardiff, Edinburgh or Glasgow and Belfast. Just flying visits, nothing too long, a few hours to get our new banner up which we've gratefully uh, received and we are still working on the uh, best way to use a new banner it's somewhat larger than our previous banner from 2005 but we've got a new pole, and we're very happy to start using it but I'm also very happy to say that next month we are going to Switzerland for a few days of outreach work never been to Switzerland before and uh, we hope to do some great work there we hope to visit Geneva Basel and Lausanne if it's possible we will try to go to Zurich, but uh, Zurich is quite a drive from our base. So we will do what we can. And of course we've got our new banner, which we will be taking with us. And we've got a new GoPro camera, which you may have seen me using during the London outreach. And it's quite sensitive when you swing from left to right. So my apologies if you've got a bit giddy watching it, but it does capture the, the background very nicely. It sets the scenery and it gives you a taste as to what the street preacher sees much indifference and yes hostility which wasn't captured on the video but uh... we've certainly experienced it over the years, Patrick and I, so from now on whenever we go gone to the streets to do outreach work, Lord willing we'll take the GoPro I guess I'll be using it probably more often than not and any good conversations that come our way we will capture so please keep us in prayer for Switzerland as I say, it's a three to four day outreach and uh, we've got some new uh, Franco-German tracks made up. We've ordered 5,000 plus we've got our English tracks and uh, many, many DVDs to pass out as well. So please keep our little group in prayer as we spread out across Switzerland with the Word of God. It's going to be a great time of outreach, a great opportunity for fellowship as well. So there's always much to do and uh, I always think the Lord blesses those that are busy. So you want to do something for the Lord, get up and get out and make yourself available to Him. And as I say, He will use you and He will allow you to speak to people about His beloved Son, His only begotten Son and you can articulate the plan of salvation to anybody and everybody but what I've been doing over the last little while and I'm slightly behind schedule I should say is giving an overview of Acts of the Apostles and I think most of you know I've been reading and recording throughout Acts of the Apostles since June last year and I'm still on schedule Lord willing to complete Acts of the Apostles June-ish 2016 and last Sunday I was able to finish Acts 14 and God willing tomorrow I will commence Acts 15 so if you want to join us please do so visit our website Christ.com, and click on the live Sunday sermon icon around 11am UK time and you can listen in to our live Sunday morning service the concept to do a live reading commenced, I think it was April time, 2015, with First Corinthians. Previously to recording live, I would pre-record the verse-by-verse uh, readings, edit such material, and then upload it. So it's somewhat still a new concept for me to record it live and stream it live. And if you've ever done anything live, you know you only get one shot. You get one take to get it right, and if you mess it up, you either got to read the text again or do a drop in later on but I like to do things live, I like to record material uh, off the cuff yes I prepare, of course I do yes I pray, uh, before I record, of course I do and yes I pray for the live stream and the live uh, forum to carry the message to the internet and I of course pray that the microphone won't fail me but I like to do something live, I like to do something such as this I think if you over-rehearse something, if you over-rehearse a message or a project it can become a little uh, dry, I think so hopefully you've been reading along with me over the last seven months now, I think it is and uh, chapter 15 is 41 verses so i am anticipating it will take about four weeks for me to record all of acts 15 i think acts 10 was a four-part recording over four weeks which ran to about two hours acts 10 was certainly a four-part study which ran to two hours and as i say acts 15 will probably be the same also just want to say very quickly, before I get into today's message in hand, that this will be our third year going out on the shortwave. This coming October will be our third anniversary, can you believe? And it's been a great blessing to broadcast on the shortwave to the world. And also these open-air videos are being broadcast on the radio as well. So we really are reaching the whole world for the Lord Jesus Christ, but our goal for 2016 is to Remain on the short wave, but to also go onto the medium wave. We'd like to try and reach the world to the medium wave. The short wave is great. The short wave allows us to be heard all over the world. But sometimes the signal isn't as good as it could be on FM or medium wave. Of course, you get what you pay for. So one of our goals for 2016 is to go on to the medium wave. So if you are wanting to support our ministry, maybe you'd like to consider supporting us with the medium wave getting us onto the medium wave and putting messages such as this on the radio I think at the moment we've got about 10 of my New Testament books uh, re-edited for radio broadcast so if you want to stand with us for 2016 we might ask you to consider standing with us on the medium wave to get the word of God out to everyone and anyone but like I said I've been reviewing Acts of the Apostles every three chapters, and I'm slightly behind the schedule, so please forgive me, but what I want to do today, if I may, is look at Acts 10, 11, and 12. And uh, as always, just see what the Word of God shows us, see what extra lights I can ascertain from the Word of God. And let's start with May in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band a devout man, a one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and prayed to God always. Here is a very remarkable man, Cornelius, a Roman centurion, no doubt stationed in Israel, and unlike his peers, who would be worshipping false gods, or chasing women or men, this man was a godly man, this man had turned to the one true God, And it says, one that feared God with all his house. It's even more remarkable. Which gave much alms, gave money to the people, and prayed to God always. He's a Gentile proselyte to Judaism. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him, and saying unto him, Cornelius... And we looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it? What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. Pray until you pray, and pray without ceasing. You might ask yourself, Why do we need to pray all the time? The Lord is sovereign, yes he is. Why do we need to pray? Because he wants you to have fellowship with him. Luke six The Lord Jesus Christ prayed all night. He prayed all night for his apostles. He prayed all night that he would choose the right apostles many times the Lord Jesus Christ would pray throughout the night he went to a secluded spot such as this maybe and prayed to his father some people say what about this oneness movement James what are your thoughts on this oneness movement my view on the oneness movement is that it is a heretical movement how could you possibly conceive of the Lord Jesus Christ praying to himself It's ludicrous the Son of God was praying to God the Father, and here Cornelius is praying about the ninth hour of the day, verse three, which is around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. In fact, let me correct myself. I think nine, the ninth hour is 6 p.m. Excuse me, 6 p.m. in the daytime. And an angel of God comes into him and calls him by his name, Cornelius. And he looks up and he says, what is it, Lord? He says, your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. What we do on this earth, as saved men and women, is not only seen in heaven, not only what we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven, but our prayers are come up for a memorial. Our prayers come up for a memorial, and when it suits the Lord, he answers our prayers. It's very rare that you get a prayer answered straight away. We hear this centurion, a man with a hundred soldiers under his authority, has been praying, and an angel has appeared to him. Look at verse 5. And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside, he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. If you've got a sincere heart, if you've turned to the one true God, the one true God will turn to you. That's what repentance is in a nutshell. You turn from unbelief to belief. So you turn from yourself to the Lord. You should be sorry for who you are and what you are. You should humble yourself. Some people say, that London video, James, that you posted... People walking past you, ignoring you, how do you feel about that? Well, on the one hand I'm somewhat disappointed and of course saddened, but they heard they heard the word of God. They saw my banner. And sometimes people give the impression that they don't care, but they are still hearing you, they are still seeing you, they are still monitoring you. And the Word of God told you in First Corinthians fifteen that whatever you do for the Lord isn't without vain his word will never return in vain so those people that I was preaching to in London around two weeks ago or so could go on to be saved in time to come it may be some of those people are already saved but are had a fellowship with the Lord so don't be too disheartened if you are thinking about doing the same thing but here, this man has been praying he's been praying until he was praying a term I like to use in reference to getting into the fellowship or getting into the habits I should say of getting into prayer praying is hard praying is hard and I will confess to you that I don't pray enough I mean I walk a lot and I work a lot and I pray when I'm doing those things but to get on your knees and to pray on your knees twice a day like Daniel did or three times a day like Daniel did, that's hard in fact James, the Lord's half-brother and I'll be reading about him tomorrow in Acts 15 was called Camonis and he was called Camonese because he was always praying that early church was something else and I think to myself was Paul ever in awe of the early church? I wonder it says when he went up to Jerusalem he held his peace as they spoke one after the other he held his peace in reference to Peter speaking in reference to James speaking. And I just wonder if he was in awe of the early church. As I've been reading to Acts of Apostles over the last seven months, I see Peter and James starting off this great outreach to the people of Israel. Then I see Paul and Barnabas taking up the baton. But you have to ask yourself, did Paul ever think that he was inferior to the early church he certainly would mention that in 1 Corinthians 15 how he was called out of time born out of time to be an apostle but here pre the completion of the New Testament you've got an angel being sent to Cornelius in answer to his prayer. Now today we don't expect angels to appear to us today we don't expect the Lord to appear to us he went up to glory Luke 24 Acts chapter 1 and the angels said as he went up so will he come back so I don't believe that Lord Jesus Christ is making trips back into from heaven to earth I don't believe it we live by faith not by sight and therefore when you come across people who claim to have seen the Lord or who claim to have spoken to angels either they are deceived either they are mentally deranged or they are lying that's my view anyway But here the command has gone to Cornelius to go to find Simon Peter who's associating with Simon the Tanner hold that in mind, look at verse 25 and as Peter was coming in Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him like the Pope of Rome. He's quite happy for you to fall down on your knees and kiss his feet, kiss his ring. He thinks nothing of allowing people to worship him. And yet, what does Peter say to this somewhat embarrassing episode 26? But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. Like the angel told John in Revelation 19 to do. I have no time for people worship. I have no time for pastor worship. I don't even care for people who call themselves reverent. Or professor. Or doctor. Even Charles Spurgeon, one of the UK's greatest preachers, loathed the title reverent holy and reverent is thy name Matthew 23 told you last time call no man on earth your father call no man rabbi you have one rabbi, i.e. Christ you have one father God the Father why do you want to call yourself father or rabbi or reverent because you want to be recognized of course you think you're something special you want people to look up to you but here Peter, to his credit, Peter was a weak man, Peter made many mistakes, but as far as this was concerned, he had no time for Cornelius worshipping him. I think Cornelius was on the one hand somewhat superstitious, and on the other hand somewhat overcome, with awe, perhaps. As I say, when Paul met Peter and James, I think he may have been in awe. In fact, the way Dr. Luke records actually the apostles is very interesting to me. He's very impartial. He gives three groups of the early church leadership, equal time. Peter pretty much dominates the first eleven chapters. Then he comes back in Acts 15. James is found three to four times from Acts 15 onwards. Paul, of course, comes on the scene in Acts 9 disappears Acts 10, comes back in Acts 11 and from Acts uh, 11 onwards pretty much dominates Acts of the Apostles. There's no one man corner shots. Did you notice that? There's no one man pastor in every church that the Apostles went to they would ordain them elders just ordinary men, family men for the most part although it wasn't mandatory to be a family man. Paul wasn't married as far as I know John wasn't married, as far as I know, and yet the Lord chose them to be apostles, to be evangelists, to be elders. But 1 Timothy 3 does suggest that a pastor (coughs) or an elder, a leader in a typical first century church, was expected to be married with children. But it's not mandatory, as I say. Just look at Paul, just look at John the Apostle. Look at thirty-three, please. Immediately, therefore, I send to thee. Now is well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God? To avoid any contamination, Almighty God wanted Paul and Peter and James and other apostles to speak the word of God directly to those that were interested in the word of God. There's no New Testament yet. Okay, that's why Cornelius is commending Simon Peter for arriving, and he wants to get it straight from the horse's mouth. 34 Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. This is pre Paul Coming onto the scene, this is pre-the gospel of the grace of God being revealed to Paul. And please keep this in mind, if you will, that Peter was sent to the Jews. So when it says in Matthew 16, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and I give unto thee the keys of heaven, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven is in reference to the people of Israel. Acts chapter 2 he gets up on the day of Pentecost he's is to repent and be baptized for the mission of sins. He's speaking to the people of Israel. But when the Lord appears to Paul Acts chapter 9 he is going to be sent to the Gentiles. So it's somewhat bizarre when you meet the Catholics who are following Simon Peter who were sent to the children of Israel whereas Paul was sent to the Gentiles 34 of a truth I perceive that God is no specter of persons that is inspiration Peter speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and that's true he's no specter of persons I'm sorry to say this but if you think you were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be saved you think you were chosen by almighty God before the foundation of the world you are deceived Nobody was saved before the foundation of the world to do anything because nobody existed before the foundation of the world. The best you can get is for the Lord's foreknowledge. He knew who would be saved and who would not be saved. But you weren't chosen for salvation before the foundation of the world. You got saved in time by believing on the Lord. So, yes, on the one hand, the Lord is no respect of persons in reference to all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all deserve to go to hell. God has no favourites when it comes to salvation. And yet, saying that, I will say this, that the Lord did choose certain men for service, like Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Abraham was called for service. Jacob was called for service, that's true. Even Paul the apostle speaks about being separated from his mother's womb in the book of Galatians. But that is in reference to service, not salvation. Also be mindful that you don't fall into the fatherhood of God. Trap, that teaches that we are all God's children without a new birth, which is heresy. To be a child of God, you have to be born again. In fact, go to Acts 4. We're so careful when we read the Word of God that you don't fall into the trap of teaching what I just said, the Fatherhood of God, the Brotherhood of Man. Until you are born again, you are an enemy of God. Until you are born again, you have no hope whatsoever when it comes to the things of the Lord. But look at Acts 4.12, Peter speaking again. Neither is there salvation in any other, For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So Peter is not going to contradict himself. What he said back in Acts 4.12 is still very much in harmony with 10.34 in reference to those that humble themselves, that turn to the Lord. God is no respecter of persons but in every nation in reference to Gentiles he that feareth him is a picture of humbling yourself calling out to him and worketh righteousness you try and do your best is accepted with him but that's not enough you see you have to come to the Lord to be saved I'm sure there are people all over the world that fear God that do righteousness but are not yet born again So what happens? Well, the Lord will send someone to you to explain the Gospel to you. He won't leave you hanging. So whoever you are, whoever you are, if you fear the Lord, God of the Bible, if you're doing your best to work righteousness, he'll get to you and he'll get the Word of God to you and get you saved. That's what he's doing here with Cornelius, a Gentile Roman soldier, an officer, He sent Simon Peter to articulate the gospel to him. 36 from Acts 10. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. There's a great reference to the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles believed that Jesus Christ was Almighty God. And I've spoken to people on the streets for years now who question that. And I say, well, the early church believed it. I'm just giving you that word, that scripture from uh, Peter. And if you believe I am, you will die in your sins. On top of that, John the Baptist refers to the Lord Jesus Christ in John 3, verse I think it's 34. How the Lord is above all. John 3.31 He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. They all believed it, they all taught it and they all died for it. So if you a new Christian, you need, to, you need to understand a couple of things about the Lord. First, you need to understand that he is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he is also Almighty God. But he's not God the Father, and he's not God the Holy Ghost. Jump over to chapter 11. Look at verse 5, please. Simon Peter speaking. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision a certain vessel to send as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners and it came even to me upon the which when I had fastened mine eyes I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air here gets on Peter giving an account for himself to the Jerusalem church and they are very curious about Cornelius and Co getting saved it was a great blessing for them to hear that the Gentiles are getting saved and it was a great blessing for them to know that a Roman centurion was getting saved as well and he's going to give an account of how this came about and it's very interesting as I read this because I discovered something that I hadn't seen before not as clearly as I did until I sat down about four weeks ago or maybe eight weeks ago to accord Acts 10 and 11 but what's interesting in this account is not what Peter is telling the Jewish church in Jerusalem but what he's not telling the, the uh, Jewish church in Jerusalem what he's omitting 7 and heard a voice saying unto me arise Peter, slay and eat look at 10 13 and there came a voice to me, rise Peter Kill and eat So when you compare Acts 10:13 to Acts 11:7, we have a discrepancy. 10:13 one more time, and there came a voice to him, "Rise Peter, kill and eat. 11:7 and heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. What's going on here? Peter has changed the word of God. Peter has two natures. You've got two natures. There was a great Catholic uh, theologian back in the Dark Ages called Grattan, I think, who said that Peter was preaching another gospel in reference to the Galatian incident in Antioch, Galatians chapter 2. Luther said that that incident was the equivalent to Peter denying the Lord for the second time. That's a pretty well-known account from Galatians 2, and I'm always citing it to show the complexity of saved people, the dual nature of saved people. And Paul would have to confront Peter in front of everybody to get him to repent. That's a pretty well-known account, but this is a less-known account when it comes to the two natures of the believer and here you've got a saved man Simon Peter changing the word of God and you think to yourself this is pretty concerning because we were told were we not in Revelation 22 that if you take away from the word of God or if you add to the word of God you risk the Lord taking your Inheritance from you, taking you out of the city of God, the uh, millennial kingdom, of course. And you're also told not to add or subtract to the Word of God from Deuteronomy and also Proverbs. But something else of interest struck me when I was looking at this chapter some weeks ago, is what Peter hasn't told the Church of Jerusalem. Have you spotted it? Look at verse 11. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. He's continuing to build on what happened with Cornelius. But have you spotted what Peter hasn't told them? He hasn't told them about Simon the Tanner. Because Simon the Tanner had a very unusual trade, he would skin animals, dead animals of course and sell their skins, it was a pretty bloody trade and Simon Peter knew that to share that with the brethren in Jerusalem would be somewhat problematic for him so he's omitted the account that he was acting with Simon the Tanner when Cornelius sent three men to find him and he's also changed the Word of God. And I'm showing this this morning because I think that all of us have the potential to do things that we should not do. And that's why I do not believe in sinless perfection. Yes, I believe when a man gets saved, or to be peace to a woman as well, that we are new creatures. We pass from death unto life. We get a new nature and we are positionally sinless in the eyes of the one true God but we have a practical standing and our practical standing can fluctuate regularly I don't care who you are I don't care how long you've been saved for you can be godly one moment and ungodly the next moment look at Simon Peter found here in 10, 11 he's been saved what? 10 years or thereabouts and yet he has omitted the account of Simon the Tanner and he's changed the word of God so if you are a Roman Catholic and you are following him be careful and yet I don't want to be too hard on Peter because he did love the Lord and uh, he was entrusted with the keys from Matthew 16 but those keys in Matthew 16 were given vicariously to the apostles in acts 15 and also in Matthew 18 and John chapter 20. And those keys were primarily given in reference to Israel, whereas Paul got the keys in reference to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 9. So I think that's enough from 10 and 11. Uh, in fact just a couple more verses from chapter 11 please look at verse 18 when they heard these things they held their peace and glorified God saying then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life look at 17 for as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ what was I that I could withstand God Faith alone. Listen, you don't turn from all of your sins to be saved. First of all, it's not possible to turn from all of your sins. You come to the Lord as you are. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as a filthy sinner, and he will save you. It's faith alone. Sola fide. And here's Simon Peter explaining to the church of Jerusalem what occurred with Cornelius and Co. And it says one more time in verse 18, When they heard these things, they held their peace, and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. He's granted repentance. He's given you repentance. You don't repent of your sins to be saved. He's already granted you repentance to be saved. Okay? For by grace are you saved by faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay? So I think it's worth repeating this message as often as I can, and like-minded brethren, to try and avoid people falling under the pitfall of Lordship salvation. Did I really repent? Did I really turn from all of my sins? Did I really believe? If you came to the Lord, if you knew you were a sinner, if you turned to Him as a sinner if you received him as a sinner if you trusted on him as a sinner he has received you Okay, you are now bone of his bone flesh of his flesh it's now down to you to mortify your flesh put your flesh to death yield to the Holy Ghost that's where people get into all sorts of problems they compare themselves to other people they say look at this great man of God over here look at this great woman over there If only I could be like him, if only I could be like her, don't even bother comparing yourself to other people. Don't even bother going there. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and read the Word of God each and every day. To have a holy, happy and healthy life, read the Word of God each and every day. Exercise as often as you can and pray as often as you can. I can't stress it enough. Pray, walk and read the Word of God. Or swim, if you can. Well, if you can't exercise, if you are disabled or can't get out of the house, okay, fine. Do what you can. Exercise your mind. Renew your mind each and every day. Get enough sleep. Get up on time each and every day. Don't lie in. Don't become a glutton. Don't overeat and don't undereat, but above all, feed on the Word of God. And I promise you, for a holy, happy and healthy 2016, your life will be transformed forever. But it is an interesting verse from chapter 11, which hopefully will silence some of the anti-Semitism. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. You've got poor Jewish Christians struggling in Judea, not all Jews are wealthy. Go back to the Second World War, the Jews that were poor couldn't get out of Nazi-occupied Europe and they went into the ovens. Yes, it's true, the wealthy Jews got out and escaped to America, Canada and Britain, but the poor Jews couldn't get out of Europe and they were put into the ovens. Tragic. But here you've got poor Jews, almost starving in fact, And they are being aided, they are being helped by Gentile believers on the one true God. It must have been a great opportunity for the early church to witness Gentiles being saved, having great fellowship with Gentile believers. It was always the Lord's will to have Gentiles part of the body of Christ, and yet there was a great level level of envy and distrust the one hand from unbelieving jury and also from believing jury Acts uh, 12 look at verse 1 please about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to make certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with a sword this isn't James Camonese. this isn't James the Lord's half brother, this is James the son of Zebedee. And he kills him with a sword, an interesting weapon to use. He would behead, John the Baptist. Back in the Gospels, and Revelation speaks about tribulation saints being beheaded. And you look at Islamic States, another Islamists around the world who are beheading people. And you think to yourself, are we going to witness a greater Islamic assault against the body of Christ during the Great Tribulation? Possibly. Europe is very much under the cosh at the moment when it comes to this Islamic invasion into Europe. Most of Europe is secular. Most of Europe has no idea what is going on. In fact, most of Britain is completely uneducated about this spiritual attack on the world not all Muslims are jihadists but all jihadists are Muslims so it is our job to witness to Muslims it is our job to take the word of God to them it's also our job to witness to unsaved people as well there's another group of people out there which don't always get looked at and we look at the cults of this ministry, we look at false religions at this ministry, but there's not a strong group that needs to be looked at, and that is the group of socialism, socialists, atheists, Marxists, Maoists. The left wing in the UK is incredibly powerful. The left wing pretty much dominate the media and society. And it's the left wing which are pushing for a greater... Uh, the involvement a great intake of Islamists into Europe and the UK and I think the left wing have done more damage to the UK over the last 100 years than probably any other ism or sect imaginable so we are really up against it as Bible believers in the UK not only are we having to fight Catholicism Islam, but also we are having to fight socialism and those that are on the hard left. But here, Herod the king has beheaded James, the brother of John and he goes on to say in verse 3 and because he saw it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also then were the days of unleavened bread. Now ask yourself this if Simon Peter was the first pope don't you think Herod's secret police would have told him don't you think the Jews would have told him if Saint Peter was the first pope wouldn't Herod have detained Peter first and beheaded Peter first and then gone on to kill James there's no one man corner the shots in the early church they worked together as a unit and they died together as a unit apart from John the Apostle and yes as the account goes on the angel of the Lord is dispatched from heaven to rescue Simon Peter because his work was not yet done but what you can't get from the Word of God is Peter as the first pope or Paul as the first pope or James as the first Pope. They worked together as a unit and they died together as a unit. So I think that's all I want to say today. It's getting very windy, it's bitterly cold and I hope you've been able to follow along with me but uh, tomorrow, Acts 15 please join us. Please keep us in prayer for our Switzerland outreach next month. Please pray for our little group that we can Which as many people as we can. We've got Franco-German tracks, as I say, ready to go. English tracks, DVDs and Bibles. And we've got our new multilingual banner. And I will be filming everything that I can when we go to Geneva, Basel and Nassau. And uh, when we get back from Switzerland, we'll start planning for Cardiff, Belfast, and either Edinburgh or Glasgow later in the year. But there you are, that's all I want to say for today and just jump out of camera shot one last time to give you one last view of this very pretty backdrop but as I say I may have a new location to make open air videos at, I don't know, we'll see how the time allows to come back and do such videos and off they go, to the distance it's uh, very windy here very bleak somewhat wind-swept I doubt I will come back here again simply due to the fact that it's just a bit too uh, difficult to film in. And as I can see out the corner, the camera shot, the ducks are returning. So I'll just spend a few moments on the ducks. to visit different locations to shoot my open-air videos from but uh, as you can see this is a potential location to make videos in but because it's somewhat exposed I doubt It will be a place that I will be returning to any time soon. There's a church in the background which in its day was probably the heart of the community. And now it's probably a dead church with maybe a dozen or so people meeting on a Sunday and uh, quite possibly has a female vicar running the church and its services so and so forth but religion as far as I'm concerned and when I say religion I mean organized religion is pretty much dead and buried in the UK you want to find the Lord Jesus Christ you won't find him in organized religion you will find him when you turn to him in repentance when you believe on him when you trust in his death, burial and resurrection then you will find him and then you start a relationship with him but uh, there you are, I thought you'd appreciate seeing some of the scenery and uh, maybe I will return again here but that's probably unlikely I'm going to continue to look around for places to make videos such as this in yes it's pretty but somewhat barren and somewhat uh, problematic to film in in fact I'll just close my video I think with this somewhat uh, picturesque scene so thank you for watching this video and uh, may the Lord bless you all and Maranatha